yes, yes, people. Back again for another episode of the One Two Podcast. Football from the real brought to you by myself, Jay, and my usual co-host, Dave. Let the people know in the building, bro. What's good? What's good? We're here to dice down the usual drama that's going down this weekend. You know, another One Two episode, another Arsenal L. Mm-hmm. SP. Hand in hand. You know, like it's becoming a it's becoming a regular thing now. It's peak, but you know we might as well start off there with the Arsenal Burnley game. I say that was the biggest game of the weekend. Well, not obviously yeah. biggest coming into it, but you know obviously the result. So um, yeah, bro, what's your thoughts on the game? Did you start another another week, another loss, another home loss, four in a row now. So Something bad, like, just unheard of for Arsenal. I think you, you did your post said like. In 1979 or something. So the post, and the thing is, when I made this post, I was thinking, like, yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> crazy stat, but it's like yeah. one of those things where you know what those crazy stats just come out of nowhere, and it looks like it's gonna happen, but you yeah. somehow put. I was thinking, yeah, we're gonna cough it out of the bag. It's gonna be calm. We're just gonna laugh back at that stat. Like, we'll all know. So yeah. the stat was. Let me just go bring this up right now because it's just crazy how this game works. So boom. Obviously, if you're following the footballers, you've definitely seen it already. But Arsenal have lost each of their last... This is coming into the game. Arsenal have lost each of their last three home league games. They last lost four consecutive league home league games back in December 1959. A runner included a 4-2 defeat against Burnley on December the 12th. The exact same circumstances happened except it was December the 13th and we didn't hold four this time, you know. I've got to feel grateful that we didn't hold four this time. We're lucky. You know, the way we're moving, like, it's so bad. (laughs) No, the thing is, is, like, coming into this game, I was thinking, I was in a group chat and I was like, yeah, like, Arsenal have been shit recently, goals without saying. But there's just certain things, there's just certain lines you don't cross. One of them is losing to Burnley. Literally. Not only have Arsenal had Burnley on lock in at the Emirates, they've never won there before today. Not only that, mm. not only are Burnley just a meaty side full stop who need to get relegated. Not only that, but if, you know, with all due respect to my Burnley fans, like we, I just don't like Burnley. It's, they're coming like Stoke and Claret and Blue, like nah, don't need that in the, the Premier League. But boom. So not only that. But Burnley are actually in one of their worst ever runs of form. Like, they're in a bit of a relegation scare themselves. Yet they still came and patterned us. Oh. Popping the ball. They had us looking like Brexit FC. Yeah, yeah, literally. They had us doing long ball, crossing. Just, bro. Oh. Do you know what? The thing is, I just look back on like the past few weeks, and we're just saying like, "Oh, when's it gonna? Is it gonna get worse? Is it gonna? Like, when's it gonna end?" Type of thing. Yeah, um, like you know, when is it gonna end, Robbie? Literally, like, and, like, and you can't because you're thinking, "Cool, early doors, we lose against Villa. Cool, we'll bring it back against Leeds. They scrape a draw, whatever. Wolves, Wolves at home. Really, we shouldn't be losing in the way we did." Maybe get a draw out of that at the best. Mm. Spurs, I don't, I don't think they had a chance, especially considering they're flying. Yeah, that's the Burnley. thing. I look at all these previous sides and I'm like, obviously for the calibre of Arsenal, they should be beating them, these sides and they should be above them. But it's like, I look at a Leicester and mm. I think, yeah, like Leicester, are, they're 30 side, like they're in Europa right now. 
they were pretty much second for most of last season, bar that the last what seven games or something. Um, they're a good side. I'm not surprised we lost to them. Like Arsenal lost them like that. Then I look at Aston Villa. They packed Liverpool seven two. They were at the top for a bit. Like they've been doing bits this season. We had we didn't have a real divine right to be winning that one. Cool. I look at Wolves and I'm thinking again. Wolves are another fairly certy side of just being in and about that Europa League spot just out of the top four you know they got a very good record against the top sides so again like we had no real divine right to beat them of course it's Arsenal we should be beating them but there was reasons for those ones Spurs yeah obvious reasons for that one but Burnley hey I can't even think of a I, even if I was the pessimistic a tie type of person. Mm. Ty can't even find a reason why we lost that game. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no excuse. Because usually it would be like, um, at best, maybe. If we're, if we're being real, you could say maybe the red card. Or yeah. Stuff like that, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's not like the red card was unlucky. It's not like it was a VA, dodgy VAR. Well, we'll get onto that, man, because. I've got some words, not even just for Jacko, just for most of these players now. But I yeah. feel like we should start off with Arteta because Arteta would lead us onto the players. Yeah. But um, obviously, we've put our thoughts through on Arteta, but you know, there's a lot of debate Arteta in, Arteta out. Let's just firmly reaffirm kind of our stance on Arteta. So, what are your thoughts on Arteta? Arteta in, Arteta out. Let the people know, bro. I think it's um it's a mad one to say like either because it kind of suggests that if one happens we're calm do you know what i mean like if he leaves we're suddenly going to come i don't even know what good for us is anymore i don't know if that's europa league or that's like winning the league type of thing but if he stays you're kind of it's kind of like you're accepting what's happening while we mm. say it's, it's he He's bringing it upon himself. At this point, when you're when you're still playing guys like Bellerin and Jack and all these men who we, who we can clearly see week in, week out are not performing, you're choosing to play them. You can say, um, I trust them, I trust them, like, they need to regain back their form somehow. In training, they're doing this and that, they're telling me this and that, we're paying them 100 grand a week, I need to get use out of them. Fair enough, but you have to be real, when there's guys on the bench that could be doing much better, so I'll put that into him. Tactically, if he's going with this crossing thing, it's not going to work because we don't have two players. Simple as that. Do you know how crazy that like, we've actually made the most? I was checking through the stats today because obviously I had to make a post mm-hmm. for working on it, and I was I was just thinking that we're low on shots, we're shots taken, we're low on chances created. Any of those type of stats, we're low on them, mm-hmm. and we rank us. We rank number one when it comes to crosses. The thing is, this crossing thing is new. I don't remember us doing crossing like towards the end of last season unless like unless like play kind of went that way that like, we scored a few it's very weird FA, FA Cup goal in, against City was kind of a cross yeah like the only the only times Arsenal really crossed was when like we were trying to execute that one move where you play it out the back yeah and it was like nice it. build up before at least yeah 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 but no, now it's like bamming Nah, it's baffling where it's like where it's it, it reeks from. of it reeks of desperation. Yeah, that's that's the worrying part of it because it's like 
I don't mind a switch up or tactics. Like I'm so here for that, but come with a direction. Like and let me just name an example. Like Antonio Conte. Like when yeah. in that 16, 17 season, he just switched the five at the back, and it's like cool. People are thinking or oh, five three at the back, whatever one you want to roll with. But he switched that, and people are thinking, all right, cool. Why has he done this? But you could see there was a direction for him. Obviously, they went on to win the league now. Again, obviously, not saying we should go and win leagues or anything, but I'd want to see a direction at least, lad. Like. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the point. Because the whole trust the process thing, people take the piss out of it. Like, we've been over, but at least before, you could see that he was playing out the team. He was putting out the team, sorry. It was, it was slightly inconsistent, but that was mainly personal. The system... Was kind of, was kind of that. It was like obviously we were playing five at the back to be defensively safe. It was utilised by Miang in behind, like have a bit of magic in the middle, inside forwards coming going up for attacks and the back on defence for like to defend. So it kind of made sense. And back then it was just a it was a personnel problem. It was like he couldn't do certain things because he didn't have so and so in this position. He didn't have Gabriel at the back to be safe to play free because he had to put David Luiz in there, for example. Now it's like he has. It's it's more of like oh, I don't know. I can't even articulate. It's like just doing, just putting them out there because yeah. the team hasn't changed. The same team that's losing four four games in a row. I don't think it's changed at all. Yeah, like obviously, like bar like one player, like it's pretty much the same team. Yeah, and that that player's. Um, probably injuries yeah yeah literally he's probably being forced into it and obviously like Pepe gets sent off and stuff like that if Pepe wasn't starting most Premier League games then yeah was, the Leicester game he didn't really play too much oh yeah no he wasn't and then it was kind of like he finally got put into the starting lineup, and then, and then in that up. one game yeah 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 so that's, that's on his own that's, the, that's my issue is that I've we, definitely I've definitely got my issue we can't defend him like I'm not. He's not going, helping himself. So. Yeah, definitely, he's not helping himself. Like I've, I'm not going to be blind to what's going on here because, you know, as I said, got to keep it real. Got to keep it one hundred. Like, there's definitely a couple flaws that I've noticed, but favoritism is the main one, and that's it's the one that's gonna either make him or break him. There's no in the middle. Like these players are, and that's the thing. It's like if these were his players that he signed. Then I'd be like, it would make sense. Yeah, like I'd be like, all right, cool. I'm here for it, and you know what? I, you got my complete trust. But it's like, I look at this side, and let me just bring in the X side. I believe there were seven players who were from the Arsene Wenger range, uh, mm. Arsene Wenger range. So yeah, no, like if he had his own players, like I'd be more like willing to put my trust into Arteta trusting these players but it's like the players he's putting trust in names like Hector Bellerin names like Rob Holding names like Granit Xhaka names like Lacazette these are all poor players who have previously thrown previous managers under the bus when things don't go their way they've got a weak mentality and it feels like what they're doing right now is they're downing tools because I, I feel like tactics again you, you can go back to what you're saying with the crossing it's not helping. That's the thing. I'm I'm willing to criticize what Arteta's doing, but what I don't want people to do is be blind to the issue, the real issue at hand here. Because mm. um, yeah, all these men. It's, it's sickening. Still, I can't lie. It actually, literally, me off. 
genuinely, like, I, was, I was saying to this my boys the other day, like, I, I obviously I, I've detached myself from Arsenal like that because you know, if I was attached to Arsenal like how I used to be, like they would determine my mood. I would like be pissed throughout the day. Like I'm not trying to do that anymore because this this club genuinely is not healthy for you. But like. I was just thinking, like, these guys are actually annoying me. Like, these players, they actually annoy me. Like, pattern up, like, like it's, fam, it's just actually making me piss. Like, I was like, you're actually just throwing another manager on the bus. And it's just like, the thing, the thing that will hurt about Arteta is his career would, it wouldn't be over before it started, but this would be a big yeah. dent. Yeah. yeah. That's so, the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. So, the thing I ask him is if it is like as peak as it is at least help yourself do you know what I mean yeah yeah my thing on Arteta is obviously if it's going back to the debate whether it's Arteta in Arteta out my thing about Arteta is I mean ultimately speaking look our next couple games are looking long so obviously Southampton next tomorrow obviously we're recording this on a Tuesday so technically no 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 Wednesday so boom Southampton's next then I believe it's Chelsea next I think we have no we have Everton away internet's missing yeah Everton away yeah. cool so Southampton next Southampton are doing their thing right now we'll get on to them later on yeah. third in the table I believe you got Everton next you are you know getting back into a stride nice little win over Chelsea Manchester City in the EFL Cup. So, Cups are something that's helped Arteta along the way. Mm. So, it's like, not to say, like, it papers over the cracks or anything. It's still a good achievement in its own ways. But it's like, if he said then get knocked out of a cup as well. Yeah. And then Chelsea after that. And then Brighton away. West Brom away. These are two, like, away games, which our away form is just... It's obviously it's gotten better since that Emery run or the Arsenal Wenger was it? Yes, Arsenal Wenger couldn't pattern any away games. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's still like there's no confidence going into these away games. That's the and issue. yeah, and then you can see it getting fixed. I mean, no fixtures after the Burnley game. I can't say any fixture. I could say yeah, like you should get something from this. So yeah, that little stretch from what now to New Year's. Ultimately speaking, if he does lose most of those, I mean, I don't know, because it, it does feel like the ball's behind him. Like, that's one thing I will say. Like, this form is no different to the form that we've seen under United every last year. Mm-hmm. The difference is that the whole atmosphere is a bit different. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, and obviously, it's different circumstances. Obviously, last season, Emery already had one whole year behind him. He had transfer windows, he had everything. So yeah. you can understand why it's more hostile, but again, it just feels like there's a bit more of a positive atmosphere around the around the club right now. Obviously, it's not positive, but it's like a bit more compared to last year. So it mm. feels like even if he did go through a shit run of form, he could potentially withstand that. But I don't know. I'd be worried for him if he can't really pattern these next few fixtures. That's it. That's the problem. Like it can just get on. It becomes like. It can go mm, left like, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, literally. It can go from beneath him type of thing. But yeah, my thing was, he needs at least a window. Like, mm. give him a window, at least allow him to bring in players. Yeah. Stop. It's not even just even bringing in. It's just, get, yeah, like, you. I think you're going to say, just get the shit ones out, really. Yeah. 
because it's a thing where boom, you get rid of Arteta, you bring in a new manager, you bring in Pochettino or something. I don't know who's who else out there, Favre, Allegri, whoever. You bring in one of these man, they'll get a buzz because that's that's the thing about this. These players like they're weak. Yeah, you'll get a buzz from them for the first couple months. Might win a cup or might qualify for this competition. Everything's patterned. Then, when they don't like one thing that goes their way, they will just down tools. And I feel like they know that. They've got the board. They've got anyone higher up in this club wrapped around their little fingers. And they know they can have a little... We, I'm going to call this a tantrum. You down in tools is like you having a tantrum and getting someone else to aid to you. And then you've just got them there to protect you through anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, like you bring a new manager, you get a buzz. Ultimately speaking, if I had to put this as an analogy, these players are shit. You get a new manager, he brings his little spray, he can polish that shit where it looks nice. Eventually, that spray will wear wear off after a couple months. Ran out of spray now, and that's it. The shit's back to being shit with no spray on top. Uh, that's a bit of an odd analogy, but you know that's the perfect way to put it. Really. I know where you're going at. It's just, yeah, like you're saying, there's paper never cracks, really. Literally. So, I don't... Me, personally, if I was to put as a straight answer, Artur in, I feel like he should stay. It's not going right right now. He's got his flaws through favouritism. Um, I'm even looking at some of the... Obviously, the crossing's an issue, but I don't know if you've deep this, like... Do you know how much, like, kickoffs we actually waste? Yeah, literally. I, I do think that as well. It's something I've just noticed, like... So I'm looking... It to the other side and just go and chase it. Literally, like, I'm thinking, all right, I, there's no excuse for it, but I'm thinking, all right, cool, like, you've done it once, couple... I, I, it's a very common thing. I'm seeing every single game. Lacazette will kick it to someone. They will kick it to Rob Holden. He will boot it to the, the left-hand corner. Then it will get headed back to us or something like this. I see it every time. I'm thinking... Surely not. I look at other sides. Surely you don't move like this. Like, surely you at least play it at the back for a bit. Let the players come on. I don't know, man. No, no, it's a bit no. odd. So he it's definitely has his that, flaws. Yeah, it's, that, it's little things like that. Just like I don't know. Me, me I'm just so I'm just so big on like Shane. Like, how can the players be like, happier than themselves to them perform at that level? It's just embarrassing. Yeah, man, it's it's very peak, very dark times. Because, as you said, something like this can easily go left. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I definitely say Arteta's walking on thin. I don't. It's hard because you see, there's a lot of lip service, but nowadays you can't really trust the lip service. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they even came out today and said, I don't know, because I, I didn't actually see the interview with Eddie, but. I'm, I'm hearing talk from pages and in the group chats that Eddie came up with a statement that he's fully behind Artel. It's a process. Yeah. I've actually seen it, but I need to see this interview because everyone's get, losing their shit about it. But I need to see it. But I'm hearing them saying they're behind him. They're going to do what they can and all that. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, because... I can't really trust what you man say if I'm keeping it to you, if I'm keeping it true. But yeah, man, I just need a, he needs a window. Like, they've definitely sold him short. No creator. I'm not believing that Arteta was behind the whole Urza thing, but 
I feel like even now I've got to a point where it's above, it's above the Urzel. Like it's not even not even just a creativity issue because now our defense is not patterned anymore. That was the one thing you could say. Like, yeah, the, the defense is actually patterned. Like he's got Mustafi and he's got Holding and he's got these guys actually doing something good in a good system. We barely can see goals, and if we do, it's a it's a little blunder goal. Like don't mean nothing. But even now, like. The goals are just. I mean, man, man said a Bamian scoring own goals, man. Like it's. Uh, no, actually, no. You do say. Do you, I, I, you know, here, must be what's up, man. Worried. Before we go, I, I, I'm not really worried about our defense, really. Are you not? I, I'm kind of worried now. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I know. I, I know. What you're, I know what you mean, obviously, but obviously, if he gets like new defenders just, in, just scoring goals. Like, I just cannot see them scoring a goal at all. Like, I find myself begging for, like, not begging, but hoping for a penalty against fucking Burnley. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Literally. Move on before we, before we... No, but, like, even then, like, the attack, obviously, yeah. there's uh, there's names like William, which we don't really need to talk too much. I mean, William's just, William's putting in average performances. He's not, I would, there's been a couple of games where he's been, like, downright shit. But I just think he's putting an average performance where you're not actually offering much. But you're not That's shit. Him. Yeah, you're just you know I mean? yeah. You're whipping a couple balls, which you know someone like a Juru or someone someone with an aerial threat might make something of it. But it's it's nothing really offering us. So when you got nothing like that there, it's like you're offering us nothing. You're not dribbling. Just for me, I'm not seeing the willy in that of like 2014, 2015 time where you would actually dribble out, man. You would actually do up step overs. Like this guy used to be techie. Yeah. But he's just he's, he's he's obviously finished now that. Like. But um yeah, we don't need to talk too much about him, but I'm looking at guys like like is it again, we don't need to talk too much about it because it, it it's, just it's got to that point now. Stuff. Yeah, like it's just got mm-hmm. to that point now where it's just like I know you're dead. It's like beating a dead horse was it? Beating a dead horse or something. But was that the yeah. same? But or Bamiang's the one. Like yeah. It's the ones we're not expecting it from, and he is definitely someone I'm you not know, expecting from. Yeah, like he's not even, he's not trying. And mm. it's, it's, a, it's a thing where a part of me is like, I don't want to blame you, because it's a thing where he Arsenal, he's carried Arsenal for so long. It's like, it shouldn't be a, I mean, we mentioned in the last podcast, but it shouldn't be a thing where, oh, Aubameyang's off form. Oh, right, we're mm. stuff now. Like, there should be someone to at least cover for him for a bit. Let him regain his confidence and then he will be back up to his usual tricks. But when Aubameyang's not banging, no one's banging. So it's a thing where I kind of want to go light on him, but I'm thinking there's many reasons why I shouldn't because it looks like you're not trying. There's no penetration from you. There's no, you know, intention to make things happen. You're not really showing yourself. You're hiding. You're meant to be the captain. The thing about me, I wanted Aubameyang to be captain on the basis where he gives a good feel-good factor. I know he's not yeah. a leader. I know he's not something like that, but he's someone who gives a feel-good factor, gets on with everyone, and he can at least lead by example on the pitch. So when he's not leading by example, like when he's not like performing, and when he's not smiling and all them things there, him being captain offers nothing. You know, if anything, he's doing all those things. Like he's technically leading by example, but just like it's a Bamiang doesn't even care anymore. Why the fuck should I care? Yeah, literally. But then it's a thing where it's like, but you're the captain. Like, I want you to remain 
present. I want you to be the man in the situation. I want you to, I don't know, make your presence known. Like, you're moving like you're just any old guy in the team when... Maybe, as I said, maybe yeah, maybe this captain role make work for him, but it's just I don't know because it's a sticky one because he's getting to that point where it's like he was never really meant to be improving. Obviously, him doing what he done last season was slightly defying the odds because he's hitting his early thirties yet. My man still got the pace, got the energy, got all the attributes like he's a mid twenties player, but he's touching early thirties. So you're thinking, all right, cool. From what we saw last season, like. He's got a couple more years left in the time, couple kind of like Cristiano Ronaldo. Like these players, you can at least do their thing at the top level to about 36, 37, then they will start to slow down. But it's like it's not even like mm. if he was getting injuries and stuff and like breaking down, you could kind of like understand. Yeah. But he's not even like Yeah, and it does go back to a thing where you said last last um, podcast. It's definitely a confidence thing, but it's like I don't know how long can we say it's a confidence. Gonna regain it. Yeah. Yeah. Because what if this this is giving me big vibes of Lacazette? They literally after I, I'd say Lacazette's drop off happened after his contract. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure he signed the contract at the end of that play of the year season 18-19 where he was on top form. Like I was saying, if he had to sell one, it's um, Obamian. Yeah, because he was. Oh, Lacazette was actually linking up play he was actually holding it up well he was actually scoring goals for acute angles he was actually scoring free kicks headers all of that type of stuff you, you couldn't do anything wrong then towards the end of that season he signed the contract came back to the next season and it's just gone down and I'm, like, I'm getting big vibes from Aubameyang it's, it's Pete man do you know the thing with the Aubameyang's confidence I'm not, I don't know if we really touched on it too much but yeah, the thing of how he technically misses a lot of chances in the game. Mm. But we used to say his head, we, like his head never dropped. Like he could miss ten chances in a game. But he was always eager. Like one of them, could, yeah, he's getting one at least. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know how long that confidence can run because he's never really been a confidence. Like he's never really been a form player. Yeah, like he's he's had bad patches, but he's like he will always find the net. Like literally. Mm. I don't know. This is probably the first poor running form. I don't know if I'm stretching it in his career. Because even in his Dortmund times, like even when Jurgen Klopp was doing so shit that one season, he was still scoring. But it was yeah. just him. He was the only one who was scoring. Like he, I'm yeah. pretty sure he won. Did he not win the Golden Bee that year as well? 2017? Yeah. No, I think that was the next season. Either way, he's always found a net like his goal to game ratio was like nuts then he came to Arsenal and he still maintained that to a decent level then obviously he got better and better in his first full season and the next full season so this is the first dry patch I've ever seen of Aubameyang again let us know if I'm stretching it but I don't re- I don't remember Aubameyang going through this so I don't know man I don't know it's, it's peak times because it's like it's hard to find answers for a lot of things. It's hard to find answers why Aubameyang is like this because the one answer that really strikes out to me is that he secured the bag and dipped. Yeah, that's. The but I don't want to roll like. That. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have one, it kind of it's a bit too easy to go that. 
Mm. But what, what else do we have to work from? Because none of them are going to come out and speak about it. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just, it's just people. And, you know, struggling. Like, bro, I've got my fantasy team all loaded up right now. I've got two Southampton players in there. Got a Southampton defender. Because, you know, come Wednesday time, guarantee clean sheets. I don't see where we're getting our goals from. I don't see where we're getting our points from. Like, it's it's peak times for Arsenal. That's all we got to say on the matter, really. We just have to see what happens in the next couple of games. But, oh yeah, the Xhaka red card. Boy. I've been done with that guy for years. This is just typical. Yeah, I can't lie. I got kind of sucked in, obviously, during the whole, like, um, end of United Emery's um, reign when he got beat off and all that then he had his little timeout. then he came back under Arteta then you know, yeah he, I'm not I, I'm, I don't want to take anything away from him now because I'm I'm pissed with him he improved but like so Jay did he improve or did, was he just not making mistakes because I was he was never a bad footballer he just, his just mistakes were just so critical in game yeah, mean? yeah, I, I, I do hear you. I do, I, I do hear you because it's like when he just keeps it simple, that's when he's all right. But it's just I don't know. Like he's just, I'm, I, I'm definitely done with him though. Like let's not get this twisted. Like, yeah. like let's keep it real. Like I just don't want to see that guy on the Arsenal shirt again. Like mm. petulant, petulant, because. What I will say about that Burnley game is during that little period in that second half, prior to that sending off, there was a slight, it was slightly grown into it. Like, there was a bit of passenger play. Yeah. Slow momentum building, you know. Probably could have scraped a little goal and ran away with a 1 0 win. And, you know, that's how you know the standards are low, but man would have taken that easily. But after that sending off, obviously the game just flipped and it's just like, Obviously, he did get... Uh, what I will say to Arteta, he kept the same energy. I don't know if you saw the interview. He said... Yeah. Yeah. He said he, said he was even worse than Pepe's. Yeah, people were saying that they were, he was going easy on Xhaka. I, I don't agree. That's cap. Like, people... That's the thing. I'm always... I'm Literally, after the game and after the interviews have been done, I'm, I'm more seeing everyone. Oh, I hope... I hope Mikhail Arteta keeps the same energy for, uh, that he did for Pepe. And like, gee, the interview's already been yeah. done. He's gone worse yeah, on Jacko. Like, literally. So, yeah, he, he went hard on Jacko. And um, it would be a big statement if we see, like, I don't know, a Jacko goal. Definitely, if we see him, at least goal will get exiled out of the exile because he was one of, you know, Arteta's favourites. So, he, he was the one that Arteta was able to sway him away he from leaving. Back. Yeah. Then, you know, he couldn't really drop this guy at the exile. Now he's forced to do it. So it'll be a big statement if we see a Xhaka get exiled. But very, very petulant move for me. It's just dumb. And it's like, it's no yeah. different to what Guendouzi done. So not only was it a dumb record, not only is it no different to what Guendouzi done. So he's done, I'll tell you, done the right part, you know, addressing it in the post match interview. Now, the net what what happens after the next three games is going to be very interesting. Because if I see if I see Jacko back in his exile, at least a dialogue would have to be run on Arteta because because it it will put the whole 
non-negotiable things in the bin. Surely. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we'll move off from us. Before, yeah, go on, go on. before, sorry, not to drag this out too long, but did you, do you kind of see the things about him using the, the dressing room? Yeah, and that, that kind of reverts back to my previous point. Like, I just feel like these players know that yeah. they've got the board wrapped around their little fingers, so they know, yeah, he, we can, the manager can lose this dressing room, they can lose us, and there's only one yeah. thing that's staying, and that's us. They yeah. they know they've got the ball wrapped around their little fingers, and I feel like they know they're at risk as well. Like they've, and that's the thing. That's what I kind of. That's why I rate Arteta because like I feel like Arteta is genuinely putting it on them, like sticking it on them. Like yeah, that's the thing. That's my. That's like why I had a bit of hope because he didn't look like he was rolling over to it. Yeah, like he's he's st- he's sticking to his grounds. He's sticking it on them and saying yeah. Like, I don't like how you're moving. I don't like why you're this person. Anyone who's leaking this, all of that. He's trying to set the yeah. foundations there, but he's got bums. He's got beta males. He's got Weird these, is. like, wimps, these soft guys. You don't like getting mm. shouted at. So the moment they come across, like, something like that, they throw their toys out of the pram. Mm. And then they run off, they, they don't run off to a ball, but they just do stuff like this, which is like, oh, you know, Arsenal are like we're losing now. It's not looking good. I guess we're gonna have to sack the manager. He's lost the dressing room, all of that. And it's just like it's a it's a never ending cycle until these players go and we get a, a fresh crop of motivated players who, you know, they're ready to take criticism. They're ready to take on this. They're ready to listen to the manager in charge. All of that type of stuff. These guys are wimps, and that's that's why I genuinely don't like them because it's like you're manipulating them. You're turning it's it's a rotten, toxic little thing that's going on at Arsenal right now, and it's just you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred, hundred, hundred. But yeah, man, we we'll, we'll move on to the Man's, Man United, Man City game, but we, we won't even spend too much on this game because extremely yeah. dead game. Like a waste of an hour and a half. Like fam. I was thinking half time. I was thinking this is giving me big vibe. Like this was meant to be the game of the week, and obviously Manchester Derby, all of that type of stuff. Half time, I'm thinking this is giving me big vibes of that United Chelsea game a while back, the nil nil game. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. this game's managed to be worse. You know what? Looking at it like that, you then have to. You might have to give a props to our mate, our mate Ole for. Because he, he can, except for, actually, what am I saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to show. I was going to say he's like kind of nullified the big teams at home, but he hasn't. He hasn't. Yeah, it's it's but, a weird one because it's like, I, as much as I want to get into Oli. It, it, it seemed a bit more seen playing. Yeah, I think I it. might need to stick on Pep now because I'm thinking Pep's my yeah. guy. But it's just like, it's there's, there's two ways to look at this. Now, obviously, Ole did slap a hatchet on his head top last season. No one knows how, but Ole managed to just beat him three times last season. So, Matty, I don't know how he's done that, but he did. So, obviously, Pep was coming into this extremely shook because I think if you lose four times, yeah, huh? I think the last yeah. guy to do that for Man City was Mark Hughes, and I think he got a second a couple weeks after that or something dumb like that. So he, he was not trying to let that happen. So on one side of things, I'm thinking, all right, 
It's better you playing it. Yeah, it's better you walk away with a draw than a fourth loss. But then I'm thinking, your Pep, your Man City. Yeah. What happened yeah. to that Man City of two seasons ago, where you would not be scared of these sides? Yeah, you might take a loss, but at least you gave it your try. At least you popped the ball around. At least you pressed them. At least you penetrated them. That's, Nothing. That's the thing. They're not like. They're not like. It's going to sound, I don't want to bring it back, but they're not like Arsenal where they have to defend. They have to defend yeah. tonight, really. Because City didn't play bad in terms of they missed their chances or they had bare possession and then Man United just defended so much better. They literally, it, it seemed like they didn't even try any it of It was them. just so still, like. It looked like, it looked like they played yesterday, not, no. for example. It looked like they just like played the yeah. day before. And they're just proper, just tired, and they just can't be arsed. And actually, it looks like they played the day before, and the titles are being won, and it's the end of season type of game. Testimonial. Yeah, no, like them back, them kind of vibes there, like. Yeah. Like, it was very And that would work for maybe like, cool, you're doing that for an hour or 40, 45 minutes. And then you come out the blocks Literally. and like, like the last half an hour, and you're like, all right, cool, that's smart. Yeah. Like, I see where you're going with that. Like. A young substitution or something? Yeah. Nothing. Like... The subs came on, I think they didn't really offer much. Yeah. I don't think they Did Foden and Silva end up coming on? Fernandinho, he came on. Yeah. Just... But yeah, it was just extremely dead game. You know, I'll give... The players I give credit to is John Stones and Diaz. Maguire done his thing. But it's like, it's like, they didn't really have much. Well, I, but I will say with Diaz though, I will give him a shout because that's his fifth clean sheet in a row. And yeah, I was going to say. It just feels like he there's a bit more of a command there. Like Sometimes he doesn't actually have to do too much. But it's like, just yeah. his presence being there is a much bigger improvement on what we were seeing before. Like Last season, we were seeing Fernandinho at centre-back and Jao Cancelo might chip in a couple games at centre-back and he's not even a centre-back like that. So it's nice for them to actually have a good centre-back there. And what I will say about Diaz is someone someone should be at least watching, keeping an eye on because obviously he's a big money sign and everything and not many people are bad. I made a post on it, but not really much people are bad at eye on it. But I think, yeah, that, that safe clean sheet in the world was at, like the record for Man City as well. So he's clearly shoring up that defence, clearly exerting that kind of confidence onto players like John Stones, who, you know, he's been poor of recent seasons, but... I don't know, he's looking back to his Everton songs these days. So That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, as well as Diaz, it is nice somewhat to see John Stones turn it around. Because like, it seemed like he was... Yeah, out. John Stones was actually someone I've actually like always liked. But it's just it was just sad to see him kind of, like, kind of fall off. Yeah, he wasn't given any chances. He wasn't given chances like Otamendi was given chances. Like... Yeah. They have there. They've had some stinkers there, and John Stones literally like he did make critical mistakes. To be fair, but it was like yeah, just no trust. Like we were getting on to him for the coaching thing, how Pepe or his team are really actually coaching, coaching, defending, and all that. Like, if he wants, yeah. yeah. But it seems like John Stones is yeah, but yeah, no, this report is on the bench. What do you think about that? Yeah. The thing about Laporte is he was very sick when he first came. Cool. 
then in that title winning season where they just picked Liverpool extremely key player like it was him and Van Dijk who were constantly the best defenders that season got injured cool and then um, yeah got injured last season I believe yeah and yeah. then the start of the start of yeah so he missed most of the season obviously it was a big miss for Man City cool then I don't know like ever since I've seen him come back he's been moving a bit sus like I don't know what it is I don't maybe it's just because obviously when you have these big injuries to cruciate ligaments and all that type of stuff like you're not going to be the same player you was in like I don't know the first six seven months but then you will start to get back to your normal self after that but been a bit sus recently. Yeah. Do you think what I was saying to a sort of friend that I know is that do you think he because he was literally their only centre back for a while and he was good, I'm not denying he wasn't good, but then it became like when he left it kind of became an excuse for City to justify why they weren't doing as well. It did become a bit of an excuse, then, yeah. But it's like one of those excuses they, they, where you can't deny it. Yeah. Like, even if you say, because it's a thing where you, you think to yourself, but whoever's in that certain position at the moment should not be doing how shit they were doing right now. But they would always throw that excuse that, oh, it's just because Laporte's injured. But you can't say no to that excuse because Laporte was actually doing bits before. It did become a bit yeah. of an excuse because it's like, regardless of whether he's injured or not, slightly doesn't excuse some of the stuff that was going on during that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's like you, you couldn't really say yeah. no at the time. It was definitely an excuse, mm. though. Yeah, 100. And I don't know if they expected him to be some Van Dyke esque when he came back, or he just didn't really click. Obviously, his injury was kind of peak mm. in terms of like him coming back to full fitness. But because I remember he got in, he got re injured, like re injured very recently after. But yeah, because I think when he first, yeah, I think he's gonna. Be- no, I don't know to be honest because. Like, he was on and off. I think the thing about Laporte was in the league at towards the latter stages of last season, he was actually mm. all right, if I remember right. Like, he was getting them clean yeah. sheets. He was, like, showing it up a bit. But I think in, like, the European games, he was sus. I think it was the Lyon game. Like, yeah. he was just... I'm thinking, what are you doing? Some of the goals he was conceding is just like... This is not the Laporte that I was seeing previous to your injury. But I think he, he has some stupid record, like like with clean sheets at home or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, because, yeah, he, his, when he was doing his thing, like first season and bit of the second, he was... He was yeah, no, he's, he's, a, he's a proper defender. You know, maybe this time at the bench will let him show up his game a bit and get back to his usual self. But it's like, mm. it's a good thing now that even if he's not on form or on the bench they've got you know some good defenders they can still rely on unlike before but yeah no this game was I mean I made my post on it but it was another reason another indication so I see that football is declining and I I don't know we'll we'll touch it for a bit because I don't want to like spend too because you know it's one of those topics where you can just go on forever it can spiral out so I don't want to spend too much on it but I don't know man I just I, the way it's going and I, what I will say about it is it definitely could just be a little transition period as in it will only be like this for a while 
then yeah I'm leaning more towards that I'm hoping I'm hoping for that because it's a thing where it's like I don't it's just I don't see no flair I don't see no individuality obviously I'll, I'll happily appreciate what I see right now but even in the Manchester derby like with all due respect I'm seeing and again with, I don't want to take nothing away from this because these guys do have stuff about them but I'm seeing the heavyweight clashes Bruno versus KDB Machine. Yeah, like you just know what you're getting from, and they're very predictable. Bruno will do what he does, and that's me. I, I don't want to take it away from these players because they do put up good numbers, and they are great players in their own divine. I just, I don't know. It just all feels a bit too predictable, and same old, same old. They're like, you know how we say like the number ten is dying. Yeah, they're like the last two but even so they just seem I feel bit, like they seem like they're, they're the leaders it. of this new generation of playmakers should we say playmakers in quotation yeah. marks but it's like you're not I don't see much play I don't know I've said this so much times about Bruno and I might have to say it on um, KDB because I haven't said it on KDB too much but a lot of it he's a wing fielder innit so he finds himself yeah. out wide a lot of the time and his game does evolve around just crossing a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into this because it's, it's such a techie subject because you feel like I want to make a point but I don't want to feel like I'm going into a player because yeah. that player is still good. It's just easy to... Yeah, it's easy to use like a, a case study like player but it's not... It's not saying that he's a bad player. It's just showing how the game is changing yeah, in a way. Like De Bruyne, like we know is a good player, but he's not the player that we know. I don't, he's not even like, the De Bruyne that I saw in like Wolfsburg times. Yeah, yeah, literally, he wasn't as dynamic and as yeah. It's just same old, same old, and yeah, it just feels very robotic. Robotic, that's it. Mm. Very robotic system. Yeah, it's definitely become. It's, it's, we touched on it even last week in terms of like the quality it's just it's a results business and what I, what yeah. I commented on your thing I don't think many people saw it moving like international football World Cups and Euros it's literally about results because these guys don't have time for tactics they don't have time for like um, patterns of play this and that they all play they all play in different systems all over the world it's literally just we're all talented now and we just need to, to get the most simplest thing out of the that's why all those games, majority of the games are nil-nil or draws. And think about, go back, think in your head, like all the international tournaments, you know, think about how many penalty shootouts and extra time. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no, there's no way in a Premier League game, obviously it's a different system. Like in the Premier League, you can't play for a draw necessarily. You can, but you can't, you can't win a game if you, if you play for a draw in 90 minutes. But it's just that men, it's, it's that knockout football type thing where it's like, we're just here to win it's not even it's, it's whatever really and listen if it gets results for these teams then it can but it's killing players yeah it's definitely definitely become more results based the generation yeah it's definitely become more results based and more athlete based than PNP yeah. pace and power all that type of stuff and mm. it's just yeah it's, it's I don't know it's not even just a player's thing. It's not, it's not, it's not even just a player's thing. I'm seeing it with managers as well. Like, 
Guardiola, for example. Like, I think it now has to be addressed. He does not play good football anymore. I've said it so many times, but he doesn't play good football anymore. No. Do you know with him, and like, even with Arteta as well, because people say, oh, Arteta wants to play beautiful football, this and that. It's getting to a point where it's like, I think Pep Guardiola is playing. He's, he's, at one point, he's going to fucking like say it like clearly. He's like, listen, when I play this beautiful football, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares if I, if I smack a team 6-0 or if I beat a team 1-0 from a counter-attack. End of the day, I got the three points. Because if I play that same beautiful football and lose the game... Yeah, literally. Me, Why are you doing this? Why are you overplaying? This is, that is all nice to watch, but what's the point? You see what I mean? So it's a double-edged sword. And these guys are too... I, I, I was going to say too old. That, that, was a, that was a bad thing. They're too, like... Pep Guardiola just seems tired of it. Like you watch his interviews, he's like, "Listen, I lost." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could have told them. He looks like he's a million times before a goal love, or run love for the game and all that yeah. type of stuff. Literally, literally, because it was. It's at the end of the day, it's if they got the three points, one or zero. Yeah, I think yeah, that's you've nailed it on the head right there. It's literally a results-based game. Like nobody actually cares for all the other type of stuff. Literally. But then, if you think about it, when Arsenal were losing, for example, we used to, like, to, uh, late 2000s, early, like, 2010s, you could say Wenger was doing his thing with football in terms of, like, beautiful football. Like, it was nice to but watch. We would win a couple games. Show. But realistically, what were we yeah. winning? What is that show for? Yeah. It's a streets, streets where forget kind of thing. <laughs> now we're, now even Emery and Arteta, technically now, we're losing with shit football. What's the difference? Obviously, we are... Getting fucking re- we're in the relegation zone now, but that's that's obviously a different. That's a new yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Like there's no there's no way 2015 Burnley, or not 2015, like early 2000s Burnley. I don't even know if they're in the league like that. Would really be Arsenal. Like Never. But they look yeah, literally because it was just a it's just a thing of you just get they would just get outplayed. Out, out, they'll get played out of the park really. But it's the way the game's yeah, going yes, now. Yes. Hopefully, though, hopefully it patterns up in years to come. Because it's yeah. it's just getting a bit too predictable now and all that type of stuff. And it's just like I'm I'm, I'm watching. I do it, think, it's just like, yeah. yeah, I do think newer generations like the likes of like Mbappe and. Zanzi Fati and Jao Felix and these type of man. I think Jao Felix. Jao Felix. He's done where well. he's the one our hopes really rest on. Yeah. He's done well to still look. Still have that flair. Still be watchable. Even in that such a boring team. Yeah. Like, such, a, like, such a robotic team. I think, obviously, Simeone does. It. At, at the start, he wasn't really getting that. But I think he is getting it now. Because he can just use... You can use like Lorente or Corral. Yeah, from what I've seen from Atletico recently, from what I've seen from Atletico recently, I feel like obviously there's definitely been the whole stigma about um, Diego Simeone always playing defensive football, all that type of stuff. But I feel like recently, like towards the end of last season, this season, from what I've seen of them, they're not really that defensive like that anymore. I feel like he's definitely expanded. They're definitely not, yeah, they're definitely not. 
He's not changed his philosophy. I don't. He's opened it up a bit more. He's letting a bit more free. Yeah. He's letting players do their thing. Yeah, and then he just kind of shows it up in like the last twenty minutes, like chucks on any yeah. defenders or defensive players you want. I bring it on a young player. Yeah. Was you hear about Torah today? <laughs> that yeah. they're gonna cancel his last spell. Yeah, yeah it's it's very mad, but we've moved on from Arsenal. But I just yeah. thought bring that up quickly but yeah no that was the Man City United game like it was just a bit of a yeah nothing really to take from that comfortably the worst yeah. Premier League game of the season so far yeah 100% yeah and there was no reason for it to be that's the, that's the upsetting thing yeah like both of you actually needed that point like it would, it's not like you yeah. know that you're it's not like you're both comfortable at the top it's like a title race kind of thing it's like if that kind of game happened I would slightly understand you have a reason to be cautious because it's like this is your next nearest rival like if he overtakes you then boom so you don't want to move mad and too open so I get that but it's like you're both kind of need to assure yourself in this top four but well, you're not even in the top four if I'm correct they're outside of the top four a win would have yeah. taken them into the top four but you know it is where it is that's, that's where it is these days everybody's moving cautious everybody's moving conservative 22 politicians out on that field man it's dead but we'll move on to the Everton Chelsea game now what I will say it's another disappointing big game from Frank Lampard and Chelsea which yeah, very I don't know as the weeks go on this will slowly need to be addressed more and more Frank in these big games. Again, like we were saying, there was no real need. Like I don't think Everton had been on the best. They they picked up form a bit, but they weren't they weren't like they weren't the Everton of the start of the season. Like Chelsea should have really do. If they say what they're saying, they are. That's all. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. To be fair, Frank Frank came out. He was like. I don't know why you guys say we have the best team in the league. I don't know why you say this and that. Listen, we're not there yet. Which is kind of thing to say. I'm like, it's a bit, a bit weird. The thing is, if I keep it so true, like, we're starving so much in the Premier League right now. Like, with all due respect to Chelsea, like, Chelsea are doing their thing. I've, I've given them so much credit this season because they've done their thing this season. I don't want this to sound like I'm slandering Chelsea, but it's like, we have no outright, you know, favourite for the league. I'm looking at this Chelsea side, I'm thinking, or even the Tottenham side, I'm thinking, Tottenham are good, like, but they definitely got their players like Hoiberg, Kane, Son, Lloris, like, they've definitely got a solid team. But I compare this to, like, the Liverpool two seasons ago, the Man City, and I see there's a big difference between the two. And I just feel like, I look at the Liverpool side now, it's like, obviously, they've been hit with so many injuries, so they're slightly excused. Because if they had their full fit team, they would comfortably be the favourites right now. I look at... But even that, these injuries were coming. They were lucky yeah, they were lucky to not go without injuries in the first place. I do hear that. You look at the Man City side and I'm thinking, yeah, like, you, this Man City can't chat to the Man City before. This Man City side can't chat to Man City two seasons ago. Let's not even go back to when Fergie was here, Mourinho was at his prime and all these type of sides. I'm thinking the quality of the Premier League has just gone down so bad. Like, we have no favourite. You know what's funny, though? Yeah. It's funny because we used to... I don't know how... I don't know how... If, it's, if it is, like, the same thing, but... 
the thing of how oh, the Premier League is not competitive and how one team can just run away with it. And, is that what people are saying? I, 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 honestly, because that's what it seemed like, like people were saying, oh, is the Premier League even worth watching? But now we have a somewhat competitive... From the neutral... Yeah, guaranteed. I won't even say guaranteed in these big games because these big games have been tragic this season. But you're guaranteed a good. It's not. It's not necessarily entertainment like scintillating, like big high scoring. But you can go into a game and you you won't know who's going to win. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's that's even worse when I actually think about it. Yeah, I think that's worse. Because I prefer I prefer an upset as opposed to not knowing. Yeah. But yeah, man, like the quality is just sold out. So yeah, I can hear when Frank says, yeah, like we were never favourites in the first place. I don't know why you put us on that kind of pedestal and everything. Because I'm looking, this Chelsea side is good. Like it's good. Like if you put this Chelsea side in the Premier League of two seasons ago, they'd be a top four mm. side. But no more than the top four side. They, I wouldn't see this side pushing a that United side of I don't know 08, 09, for example, or pushing the Chelsea side of nine ten. I can't see this Chelsea side pushing the Man City of eleven twelve. Like it's and and this and this Chelsea side is meant to be one of the favourites. If it if not that, then the Tottenham. It's just gone down. It's just gone down. So yeah, no. Yeah. On to that, on to that Chelsea game. I mean, big up Everton though, and big up Ancelotti because guys yeah. were trying to write off Carl Carlo. Like they were trying to say, oh, he was just a little purple patch manager. Everton are purple yeah. patch team. All of that jazz. Like respect to my man. He had his little injuries. Yeah, that they had their little injuries in their side. Didn't really help them. They still got injuries coming into this game. But they done their thing, you know. Ever so solid at the back. They got Michael Keane. So solid. Yeah. People trying, uh, people trying to say that Everton didn't play well. And all that. No, I think they. Yeah, no, they, they definitely scored Chelsea. It was one of those schoolings where it didn't need to be a freshman for you to say no, but you still got tactically outdone. Because you know them guys, yeah, you just say, if it's not a fraction, they're going to say, oh, it was a lucky win. Or, like, I'm yeah. not trying to sound like one hipster myself or someone who knows it all, but it's like, you don't need to do a fraction to be outdone tactically. So, in that game, Carlo Ancelotti tactically outdone Frank Lampard, even if it was just a 1-0 penalty. It, I... He was the clear better side in that game, easily. But yeah, no, big up Michael Keane, big up got Ben Godfrey, big up the whole Everton backline, big up the whole Everton team. Even Gilfie Sigerson, to be honest, because Gilfie Sigerson is someone I've been slandering in the future. Someone that I've said is a meaty player who actually offers nothing and he's sl- sl- like slightly stealing a living. But he done well, he done well still. Pulled the strings forever and calmly dispatched. I've never seen a penalty so coolly taken in a very long time. Literally, literally. Because he didn't do none of that. It was such a slow walk-up and then the ball just rolled into the net. But it still looked convincing Mm. at the same time. Yeah. 
he's been he's he's been a good set piece taker. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he was definitely a solid set piece taker, especially in them Swansea days. But um, yeah, it was a Mendy blunder that led up to that penalty. I won't look too much into it, you know, like a little little blunder. He's been solid so far in his career, so let's hope that was just a one-off. But it was, I don't even know where that, it was just a proper brain fart moment. Like, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was very Yeah, so you just got to hope it was a one-off. You know, got got Petrchek now doing up developing matches. He's going to be on watch. You make, and you make a couple more fuck-ups <laughs> and he might just roll to you one day. But um, uh, we'll move on to a couple of Chelsea signings quickly um, before we do the episode roundup. Now, Vernos, I'm just, I'm not convinced by him. I'll be real with you. Every week, I get more and more sure that I'm not convinced by this guy. Yeah, we're just waiting for him to like, because he did, he did start. Up slightly, he just feels like a bit of a stat paddle. So, like, he will get, yeah, go it's on. so it's so hard to like differentiate, like, me me being like, cool, am I giving this guy a chance or, or am I like just being too yeah. harsh? Because when he started scoring, he was scoring like fair, fair play to him. Like, I'm not taking away any of his goals, but I weren't like, raw Werner's back. Burner's here, he's arrived type of thing. It was it was more like this guy's a stri- he's a good striker. Like he should be he should be shooting scorers, yeah. you know what I mean? But I don't know man, like I, I the chance is missed, it's just this the chance the is missed. Part. His overall play and he just he just doesn't yeah. actually look good. He gives me big, big, big Morata vibes. Like the way I see him yeah. play is like it's just like you're not the same player we saw at RB Leipzig last season. You're not that. Yeah, he's not electric. You're just you look. You've come to Chelsea as a completely different player, and that's what happened to Morato. Morato was doing bits at Real Madrid. He was doing bits at Juventus. Then he came to um, Chelsea, and it's just like just the way he runs, the type of runs he makes, the chances he misses, the whole aura about him is just completely different. It's like it's. I think it just goes down to like the Premier League just ain't for everyone. It's just desperation and yeah, desperation and and like yeah, the the adapt the adapting. Yeah, it just feels like you're just you're not gonna be. Trying I feel like hard. the only way he would survive here, because he, as I said, he seems like a stat paddle. So you need to stat pad to the highest order. So I need you to be. Yeah. At least if you're gonna play shit, if you're gonna move shit, if you're gonna miss all these chances, make sure you're gonna stat pad to a top level. Not these couple patches. I, I'm not convinced by him in any way, shape, or form. To be honest, I'll keep it so real. Like he's not a good striker because if you're going to play him as a striker, he's not a good long striker. Full stop. For example, boom. He needs someone to play alongside him. But then, if you're going to play alongside him again, we mentioned in a previous podcast, but it suffocates the wings. So you can't do a four-four-two or two up top, basically with inside forwards like Pulisic and ZH because they're going to suffer from not being able to push higher up. You know, like that. So it's like, you're, you're, you're just you're just in the way right now. That's what, I'll keep it so. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jay, we literally, when they were signing these guys... Yeah, no, we, we had it, yeah. Maybe, because it just... It sounds like we're jealous or it sounds like we're just... 
yeah, it sounds like we're jealous of what we want this guy. Because trust me, I was I was Werner. He, he's he's my type of striker. Like him, him like Vardy, them guys that can run in behind, yeah, pop it, pop around the keeper. I, I That's like, me. My he's, he's but it was just buying for buying's sake. Like he's a good he he's a good player. Let's get him. Havertz is a good player. Let's get him. We've had Pulisic. Ziyech is a good player. Let's get him. I think he's uh, uh, with all due respect. Yeah. Ah, this is going to sound so peak when I say this. He, he's just a highline merchant. That's why he thrived yeah, in Germany. 100. Because they're, just, they're highlines in Germany. Wait. What? That's how Bayern were doing. They were trying to do that in the Champions League. And I do not know how anyone didn't really capitalise on it. I remember we were speaking about like, how long it's going to last. I think in that Barcelona game, it was so In weird. behind, this peak. When, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Boston. That, one, that like, one little period at the beginning, um, they capitalised on it, and then, yeah, whatever. The rest is history. Yeah. But go on. But yeah, you're 100%. I'd even. I, I had that in my the head. The only reason I why I remember that is because that was the only time someone capitalised. I remember that whole period in that run, that Champions League run, no one took advantage. It was just that one yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and that's a bond yeah. with the thing. 100. Because Werner, the amount of goals this guy would get from being in the high is mad. I'm thinking about his goals in my head now, just like him running. And he's so, like, that's the thing. That's the thing that really confuses me. He's never really, like, a tapping type of striker. You know that calmness that you need for a tapping? Because it seems easy, but it's so, when you mess it up, it's embarrassing. But when he was one on one, he is, he's like, I don't want to say ice cold, it's a bit like, but he's yeah. cold, do you know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to go from him because he—that's the thing. He doesn't. He is gonna play because he's not gonna put Tammy Abraham and Giroud on the same pitch. And I wouldn't put them on the same pitch. Really. Here, but I mean, we'll move on to Havertz because I think it interlines well with what I was thinking. Tammy Abraham. <laughs> Do you know what? It's making these guys look dead. Yeah. I can't lie. I think it's me- him, Werner, and Havertz. Looking like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel where you're coming from. I think the one, the only one game I've seen Havertz play well was that game against Barnsley. And I guess, look, what I was saying was in that because that's the thing, I want to give players the benefit of the doubt. So when that game happened, I was thinking everyone's saying, Oh, it's just Barnsley. I'm just saying, All right, he's just come, you know, it's a couple to one cup game, you know, he's getting to getting his feet to get a hat trick. Credit him, you know, give credit where it's due. For in yeah, the first few games, but obviously yeah. since then, yeah. And the question so I like, got put, the question I got put, why is he not getting the Pepe and Maguire and Pogba treatment? It's gonna come. I think it's gonna come. You think? Because I think right. If I remember right, by this time last year, we're obviously within relative factors. Obviously, this season yeah. started a bit late, but by by these amount of games yeah. played by Havertz. People were definitely already onto Pepe. I think people weren't onto uh, Maguire because I believe United actually started all right last season, and then they had a little blip yeah. in the middle. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I don't know if I, who I said it to, but it's a thing of United and so City, City United and Chelsea because these guys are big spenders. I think that they're almost allowed to have expensive slots. Yeah. But maybe not United anymore. But City definitely. And it just gets pressure in the classroom. 
yeah. But when it's at Arsenal, when it's uh, even Liverpool, really, but not anymore because they don't they don't spend in as much anymore. But before they used to, and obviously United, because because that money just seems so like, like how does Arsenal have money to? How does Arsenal have seventy million to spend on so and so? It's like it's kind of like a waste. But even Havertz, like he's gonna get it. I think he's gonna. Yeah. Because the, I, do you know what? Honestly, hand on heart, there were some games I was watching. I was like, "Right, I did not. I don't. I didn't even know this guy was back." Yeah, I think because the one issue I had when he first came was Lampard was using him as a winger, if I remember right. So it's like you know, there's yeah. many reasons yeah. why I should give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm still trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But it, the, the clock's ticking, bro. Like, and it's it's hard because he's 21 yeah. year old, and I feel like he, I look at him, me personally. I look at him and I, I definitely see a player there and I feel like mm. there's definitely a player there and I feel like give him a, he needs a season the only thing is yeah. with the circumstances that happen to other players when you're coming into the big boy leagues a season's a very long time for, for an £80 million signing one season is extremely long time yeah. to be asking for but I, I feel like he needs one season but you can't really afford to be having that season in you know this league this country so I think it even happened to Ozil do you remember Ozil when he first came it was just like guys were getting onto him within like the first two months even Arsenal fans so it's like I don't know unfortunately you're not afforded that luxury even though I think he needs it so I don't know Havertz is a weird one but we'll see how good he comes because the jury's definitely out and dialogues might have to be opened but yeah we'll do an episode roundup this is what I'm going to try to do from now on I'm going to try to have a strict way of the podcast so we run through three of the biggest games of the the weekend then we just do a little roundup of all the other games not not even other games but points from other games which um, happened so obviously we've got the Spurs Crystal Palace game now, Spurs, I wouldn't say they got found out, but this whole counter-attacking thing, it's not going to work against every team. Yeah. They got, they got yes. nullified. I would say. Because... Uh, I think Southampton got counter-attacked by Spurs. By yeah, that was so pee. Do you know what I mean? So, it comes to a point where it's like, listen, he's going to do that. I can't remember a goal they've really built up. I think it's just a point of just like, listen, especially Palace, where they're not, they're not known for their free-flowing. They, they stifling guys like, like Eze and Zaha just are left to do their own thing. And it's, just, it's a bit of a McCarthy and MacArthur. Yeah, Scott Dan in the, the back. Yeah, no. Scott Dan. Yeah. Like, these men are just, Broken up and they will not push forward because there's no exactly. need to. So I think even even oh, was very lucky because the guy we're going to go on to got very unusual from him considering the yeah. Of his I game. mean, Great has always but been yeah. a solid keeper. Like you're like, saying, he's always been one of those keepers. Like him, yeah. the Bravka, I put McCarthy into that or Southampton's keeper. Who else? There's these Patricia, these these keepers who they're cult heroes, like they're they're very solid, but go under the radar. I don't think Patricia actually goes under the radar, but the other three I mentioned definitely will go under the radar. I think 
they're definitely unlucky because their team is going to yeah. concede a lot of goals in terms of like the defence and stuff like that. So it's kind of like it's hard to. And if these guys are saving every single thing, which no one expects from them, it's kind of hard to find out. But they definitely, definitely yeah, it's hard to judge them. Yeah, because you see they will concede goals, and, and they, yeah, but they luckily they tend to have their moments where they keep yeah. the team in the game. So even like today, game, yeah. Like we today, last night or yesterday, yeah. he actually conceded a goal. So technically, no clean sheet. But stats what I mean, stats will show. Yeah. But it's like the performance, and that's what you kind of get from these players. Like they won't have yeah. the clean sheets, but they will definitely have the performances. Mm-hmm. But that was crazy. Like some of the saves he was pulling, they, they literally defined the odds of physics, law, all of that type Not, of stuff. Yeah. My like non-scientific way of looking at a save is like, if you know when you see a shot and you think, "Wow, oh, this is in," there's no way this yeah. is not going in type of thing. That hurricane header, I was saying, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Like they've, they've they've grabbed another. And the way man just like it just seems so unnatural for him. I to think every it, save like. he made kept getting better. So there was, there was that one. Then there yeah. was like I think it was a shot from Aurier, and it took a block, and then the block completely sent the other way. Yeah. He still managed to not only yeah. switch his direction, but managed to get down low as well. Crazy. But obviously, the main one was yeah. things I had Eric Dyer in my, my fantasy team. So when I see him stepping up for free kicks, I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, cool. You've, you've, you've fucked up the clean sheet. You know, it's 1 1, 90th minute. If you bang this free kick in by any chance, come like it's Euros 2016 again, all over again. If you manage to bang in that free kick, <laughs> You're getting them bonus points as well. So make sure you do this. But I'm on one side of thing thinking, not trying to see my local side hold the L because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing up support your local because Arsenal are just embarrassing me right now. Up the Eagles right now. But, bam, the free kit's taken. Bro, that's that save right now, save of the season. Until... Because it was just, it was like going in. And it's the way he stretched for it as well. Like he, he proper stretched for that line. Yeah, fingertips. Wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. He got huge. So, yeah, no, big up So obviously he had to be my baller the week because uh, there was some standout performances. Like big up uh, Martinez for Aston Villa, who is another keeper who done his thing. Yeah. He was very, very solid against Wolves. And um, Madison, um, Eze was good in that game against uh, Palace. Like, there were some good stand-up performances, but yeah. I had to give it to Graham still, because, yeah. But another stand-up performer was Yannick Vestergaard. Now, I made my post in him, but, like, yeah. he's genuinely, like, in my opinion, he's the best centre-back outside of the top six. Um, shouldn't be debated. I'm seeing names like mm. Duffy, I'm seeing names like all these other guys. Nah, Vestergaard, yeah. Because, like, Southampton fans, that's the thing. Vestergaard has always, this season, he's been on my radar because I've seen Southampton fans speak him up a lot. And um, they were saying that he's giving them Van Dyke vibes. I'm thinking, all right, cool, maybe it's just Van Ars. It's just because, yeah, let's, let's actually see what he's doing. And he had a very solid season so far. Then he had a little blip up against United. That's what I'll, I'll say. How he had a blip up against United. I believe he was at full for two of the goals or something like that. But that was one game. 
I look at the rest of the season and overall this guy's been very very solid like he chips in with the goals he's obviously defensively solid but one thing I proper noticed in the game against Sheffield was the guy's play kind of yeah playmaking ability like the way he was spraying the balls very comfortable and I'm thinking you know what like them Southampton fans who were making them Van Dyke claims I watched specifically the performance against Sheffield United. He looked, he literally like he was playing like Van Dyke. They've seen the roots of Van Dyke, to be fair. They wouldn't take that. It's not like they're yeah, begging they, really. they know what a Van Dyke is because they were the ones who. I mean, obviously, Celtic made Van Dyke, but it's like his stint at Southampton was what really propelled him like that. So these guys will know what a next Van Dyke is if they see one. But like he genuinely looks like a, a next Van Dyke. Like, I feel like if he keeps this up for a couple more games and manages to bag a move to a top side and no Man City or something like that, there's no reason why he can't mm. do what Van Dyke's doing right now. Obviously, it's a big stretch. It's a big stretch because you have to actually make that step up. But the way he's performing right now, the way he's spraying the balls and all that type of stuff, pinging it left, right and centre. And obviously, he's a very tall and dominating figure. Adds goals as well from the headers. Like all you know, from, when, from when you're seeing James Ward-Prowse whip it in from a free kick and you're seeing him leap up, it's long. So... That is, that is, that, if they can... If they can properly, like, machine that like get that going because Ward Powers is he can pick someone out and it will happen really because Vestergaard he's a big like that's the thing he's really like man he's like a man mountain but he's not yeah he's still agile his one flaw is that he's slow what he looks like is he looks obviously he looks like a kind of second Van Dyke but he looks like a polished version of Mertesacker because he reads the game well yeah He's yeah, slow, but he kind of glides. Yeah, his, his, his pace is the one thing which is a bit of a liability, but it's not a liability because he makes up for it by being a very good reader of the game and um, very good on the ball and them type of stuff there. But obviously, his performances have led not just him, but obviously, he's a key factor. Is it? But Southampton are now third. So I just want to say big up Southampton, really, because Ralph Hudson is a very solid manager. And He's someone that would genuinely... Like, obviously, if things came to... If push came to shove and all that type of stuff, and Arteta was to leave, I would genuinely take a Ralph Hassan rule. Because even in that run where he lost 9-0, I was always... I, I did not want him to sack him one bit because I was thinking, this guy saved Southampton the previous season, had them playing good football, and it was just a, it was a one-off game where everything bad that could have happened went bad like I didn't I'd, obviously I didn't keep up with XG back then but I'm pretty sure that XG for Leicester probably was not 9-0 they definitely outperformed yeah, that 100 it just seemed like it seemed yeah like and some of the goals that were just going in were extremely unlucky and it was just like yeah his luck was just down that day but he's got them playing proper football he's a proper manager you know I'm hearing stuff that he takes all the training sessions like not even just the first team he does all like the youth teams and stuff like that so he has a very good foundation that he builds and stuff like that man 
obviously Southampton are sitting third right now. And obviously, this isn't just like his first job or anything. He's done his thing at Leipzig before. You know, he he probably should get, be getting more credit than he actually does for what he done for that side. Yeah. I think, yeah, for Leipzig, yeah, and as well as Southampton, I think this league position yeah, will help definitely. him a lot. In terms of that game on the map. Out schools after Monday. It's gonna be so. It's so inevitable as well. Like it's not even gonna surprise me. Okay. But yeah. Last. Lastly. Um. So obviously Fulham got a draw against Liverpool. What are you saying? Because was, was you kind of on the ball? Yeah. Go on. Do you know what? Just, yeah. I think. I know what you're gonna say. Like when 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 the Spurs game ended, I was like, oh. Like obviously, guys were saying, "Oh, we want we want a Liverpool draw, we want a Liverpool or something." I was thinking, "What the hell? Like, how they're playing Fulham?" But then, as soon as that game started, Fulham were like, they were popping pressure in Liverpool. Next thing, and next yeah. thing I know, they scored. So that, it, was, it was another one of them where they just yeah, literally, they, they, they definitely could have run away with that. I've got a big up Scott Parker to be honest because I completely wrote off Fulham straight away like because yeah. not only are they already a yo-yo side but it's like you didn't really make enough good signings and then not only that but you actually started off poor like they were so so poor yeah. and I'm always seeing Scott Parker comedy saying you know what like I believe in these boys like all that, that type of stuff and I'm thinking you just look like yeah, yeah. like you just look like you're yeah. having fun at the job you're just happy to be there but it's like it's I don't know, like he's it's slowly rubbing off onto the players and they're actually producing the goods on the field. Like it could be a thing where Fulham yeah. might actually stay up. He's got talented boys like Deco, Deco, and Greasers are very good. I, I rate him so highly. And Greaser. Yeah, and Greaser's class. Ariola. Um obviously Lookman's kind yeah. of fixed up. Like I always yeah, forget that like, he used to play Ariola. for um, like PSG and them and they're Real Madrid like it's a bit of... yeah, I remember we touched on that at the start of but... this season when we were like it was a bit of a weird yeah like how did he end up there signing. but he's done yeah he's done well he's but still like out. Fulham that's, that is crazy but yeah, yeah no they they definitely had a good that's yeah. the thing with Fulham like they've always made signings of good players but just they've never had a system they never had a plan it's just you're chucking loads of these decent little players from European sides and just chucking them into one big side really because I'm pretty sure there was one damn there was one summer where they were like they splashed like a good like 200 mil on players (laughs) got so excited and bought these random players and it's just like no plan for them and obviously yeah as you said they got relegated but um, yeah, but they're, they're looking like they might stay up, you know. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with Fulham. To be honest, because if they do stay up, you know, big up my guy Henry Hill. Probably isn't listening to this, but big Fulham fan that I work with, and you know, I bantering for Fulham being dead. But if they pattern it up as they're doing right now, then I might be the ones eating my words. Who knows? They might end up, they might end up overtaking us. The way things are going right about now. But yes, people. That was another episode of the One Two Podcast. 
but we dash down the usual usual drama of the weekend brought to you by myself jay my usual co-host dave we'll catch you guys next week in a bit keep it locked all of that jazz <laughs>